What is ag banking? How does it differ from other types of banks? And what should a business, a farm, or an individual in the agriculture industry know about ag lending institutions? To help us better understand what ag banking is and how it helps the community, we're talking with Brant Hutchcraft and Steve Tates, who are loan officers with Farmers National Bank in Illinois, to help us better understand what ag banking offers and how they work with the agriculture community. Today, on this episode of Small Business Talks. Today, we're going to be talking about agriculture banking or ag banking and agricultural loans. And to help us with that discussion, we have Brant Hutchcraft and Steve Tates, who are loan officers with Farmers National Bank. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Well, Neil. Good. Thanks for having us, Neil. Glad to have you. Let's start off by what exactly is ag banking and how is it different from other types of banking? I would say ag banking is providing uh, financial services and products to um, agriculture customers to the bank, uh, which can range anywhere from grain farmers, livestock farmers, specialty crops, uh, chickens, and uh, all things agriculture, and helping our customers uh, kind of navigate the economy, the ag economy, and figuring out how they can be more efficient in their business and uh, helping them manage profits and cash flows and things alike. Yeah, just a touch to that, uh, Neil, I guess just to compare it to anything, you know, we really only have maybe on the, I guess, conventional banking or commercial banking to, to compare it to that, you know, when as ag lenders or ag bankers, you know, we're dealing with customers that are raising a product that is dependent on weather. And once, you know, they successfully do that, then they're selling that product that's dependent on pricing that is affected by a wide range of things, you know, both domestic and foreign. Um, and so it's it's our job to, to work with our customers and, um, you know, like Steve said, navigate, help navigate through those peaks and valleys um, and then meet their needs with with the uh, wide array of our uh, banking products that we have here at Farmers National Bank. I was going to ask you about that. Could you describe some of maybe the different types of farm loans that are available? Uh, yeah, we got um, operating lines of credit. So those are those are seasonal loans, basically that farmers would use um, throughout the growing season that uh, would ultimately be paid off you know, at harvest and once they would sell their, um, you know, either, either their livestock or their, or their grain. And then we have machinery or equipment purchase loans, um, livestock loans, which could be anything from, you know, in our area, any from anywhere from livestock, uh, excuse me, hogs, cattle. Um, and then really, you know, our larger one probably is farm real estate purchase loans. Grant kind of brought up the big three there, Neil, and um, not to get ahead, but we also offer um, those big three types of loans to commercial borrowers. Um, although we are we are much heavier in agriculture than we are uh, commercial and industrial loans, but those are those options are available for those other businesses and other industries as well. Okay. 
Do you notice there's a preference on any one of them or have you noticed a trend towards one type or another, or is it more specific to what the need is of, of the, of the customer? Uh, very specific to the need of the customer. Uh, not everyone needs, needs all three of those types of loans, whether it be operating equipment or real estate. Uh, some of our borrowers are real estate only, some are operating only. It's uh, it specifically boils down to the, the need of the customer and uh, what products we have to to serve them. Which brings up an interesting question. Is what types of you know farming operations do you deal with? What type of ag business do you typically work with? Well, I kind of brought it up in the beginning, uh, Neil, when, when I mentioned grain farmers, livestock, specialty crops, chickens, vegetables, produce, uh, those are those are our main agriculture businesses here in our areas. And uh, we we do we do mix in pretty heavily with some agri-related, agri-related businesses, such as grain elevators, trucking companies, uh, farm equipment dealers, uh, custom applicators, greenhouses, input providers, all, th- all things uh, related to ag. We, it's just the nature of, of where we live and where we, where we are and uh, just the bank being uh, ingrained in that industry. So if I was a new customer, what information would I commonly need to provide to approach getting an ag loan? Um, well, when I, whenever I get a phone call from a, a new customer, I actually had one this morning. It's um, I call it the foundation of information. So typically what that's going to consist of is a year-end balance sheet. And we like to have uh, three previous years of tax returns then probably most importantly, I guess it's all important, but we like to get a projection of either the current marketing year or the, the next marketing year for that for that specific farm, if it is a farmer that we're dealing with. Um, there's there's obviously you know, additional or other information that we may or may not require, uh, depending on who we're dealing with. And that could be you know, marketing plans, you know, proof of insurance, uh, things of the like. I'll just kind of add on to that a little bit, Neil. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you initially meet with the customer and we collect financial information, it, in my opinion, the the historical financial information is good. Uh, but you're more you're more building a file with that based on what you need for for bank regulations and things. But really, when you meet with a customer, it it kind of boils down to to more budgeting and um, figuring out what their cost layout might be for say the next year or two years. And kind of working with them to figure out what products might work best and what what timeline for those products would fit. But for me, it really boils down to what what's your budget for the year, what are your costs, and um, we can build the revenue structure from there. I'm going to ask about how loan decisions are made within the bank. Are they done via committee, or are they an individual individual lenders? Just walk us through a little bit of the, the decision-making process and how that how that works. Um, well, it's probably dependent on the size, um, but it really all starts with the lender. Um, so either we, you know, someone that we've already been working with, or if it's a new borrower, um, you know, depending on what we're what we're discussing. But um, you know, each of us have a certain dollar amount that we're you know allowed to approve with with each individual customer um so anything above and beyond that is when we would go to our to our oversight committee here internally at the bank 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's more dependent on, on size, but it, it starts with us, you know, myself, Steve, and the other lenders here at F and B. You know, what, what kind of a time frame we're we looking at between coming in and getting a decision from starting the process to getting a decision. That's a good question, Neil, because it, it offers us a chance to uh, promote, promote the bank and the fact that. We, we are rather quick in decision-making because all of our decisions are made locally. Uh, Brant alluded to the size of the operation or the borrower and how that's handled. And if, if that needs to go to a committee of people above and beyond the lender, um, the good thing is a lot of times you don't have to wait. It, it can be a very um, quick process uh, that can be done digitally through email, uh, loan, loan borrower, has a loan request and it can be sent out electronically to those committee members and they can respond within a relatively short amount of time. A lot of times if the if it's smaller borrower, smaller loan request, the loan officers typically, uh, if, if the need is there, the loan could happen as soon as the same day as the request. An advantage for us and the bank as a whole to be able to offer that. I think that is, if you want to touch base on any other things that you would say was an advantage that you have um, being a, being a, a small, more community bank than you are, let's say like a, a multinational, you know, like you're not, you're not the chase that you feel you well, offer compared to like. I think that's, yeah. I mean, I think the promptness is where we even try to strive to differentiate, differentiate ourselves, you know, at least, you know, in the area even. Um, you know, there's there's definitely uh, every year there seems to be greater competition for a number of reasons, whether, you know, there's just not as many banks in the ag industry um, or, you know, farms are, are consistently. I mean, farms are getting larger, but the number of farms is shrinking. So, you know, when we have our clientele, you know, that our potential clientele shrinking, you know, we have to. We have to, you know, do do something either better or different than the other guys. And I think that you know the, the quickness or the turnaround time with any of our loan decisions puts us ahead of everybody else. And how much can be loaned out to any one customer? Right now, today, that that number is ten million dollars to any one borrower or what we would consider a relationship, which typically is an individual or a group of individuals that are connected via uh, legal entities such as corporations or LLCs. If all of those entities, including the individual or group of individuals tied together is above 10 million, that, that's kind of our limit where we would make a cutoff. I think we've already covered this, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Um, walk us through the approval process again. Sure, I can start there, Neil. Okay. The, the first thing is it, it takes a phone call or or somebody to even stop in the bank or an email. And really the first part of the process is meeting that customer. We we take pride in sitting face-to-face -face in most cases, not not all cases. If, if the borrower doesn't want to sit face-to-face, -face, they don't have to. They can reach us email, text, or phone pretty simply. And um, we have some handy tools on our website where people can submit information to us electronically and securely. So that helps from time to time. But the majority of, of us lenders here at Farmers Bank 
our meeting with the customers initially, which you could you could almost call somewhat of an interview to figure out uh, their business and as much as you can about it, whether it be the background or the financials, uh, kind of front to back what what the business is and um, what the request out of the borrower might be. Beyond the initial interview, Brant kind of touched on it before. It's collecting financial information. Uh, usually the, the regulation there is two or three years of federal and state income tax returns uh, and, a, and a personal financial statement, which would lay out uh, all your assets, which is everything that somebody owes versus all your liabilities, um, which is what you owe. I meant to say assets are what you own, but... Um, the financial statement, the bank may do a credit check if we need to. Um, those don't play all that important when you talk about ag banking in itself. But once we've collected those financials, we will uh, analyze those, whether it be the lender on our own analyzing the financials, or we have a group of what you would call a credit analyst, who um, we have a group of three of three folks of those that if the if the request has any size to it, they have to kind of get in and help us out with that. So we appreciate having that group with us. Uh, beyond that, we we also kind of touched on the uh, the approval process. It'll boil down to the size of the request, whether the individual loan officer can give it the green light or not. Uh, beyond a certain limit, it will become a an approval by committee, and. If the request is so great to where uh, it it involves board credit approval, that can sometimes come into play as well. Those would be your your largest borrowers. And additionally, too, I mean, we don't necessarily force or expect everybody to come to us. I mean, we we communicate beforehand, but you know, oftentimes, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, oftentimes, you know, we'll go on on site uh, onto the farm and uh, and. and I think that's just a nice added touch in doing so. And then um, in particular, the last few years and, and going forward, technology's really, really helped us be able to do that. Yeah, I'm going to change the, the we're going to switch the conversation a little bit more to about about Farmers National Bank. Um, I think I'm going to ask, how long has Farmers National Bank been an ag bank? Well, we've existed for a hundred and 20 years, I guess we're in our 121st year. Um, and always, you know, and, and starting in Prophetstown, Illinois. So I would say for all of those 120 years, Farmers National Bank would be uh, an egg bank. How do you keep your identity and remain in the business as an ag lending institution? Well, Neil, I, I think it boils down to um, where we live and where we're all banking. And it just kind of comes with the territory. Most of the economy in our in our markets is driven by agriculture or businesses related to agriculture. So it just naturally uh, comes comes into play when when we're we're in, in the markets that we're in, Prophetstown, Geneseo, Morrison, all are heavily driven by agriculture. So it, it comes along with the territory, and I think the bank does a good job of staying in contact with whether it be grandpa to father son is kind of keeping in touch with the generational farmers in the area to kind of keep keep the keep the history of the bank going that actually lends me into my next question which is going to be how do you typically form and maintain these relationships you know 
for the for the time frame you're talking about over years with with a customer. Right. It's just it's just continuing to uh, communicate with them, whether whether it be the older generation or younger generation, finding ways to connect with um, people who want to meet face to face and people who may not want to meet face to face. And every business and every every customer, even farmers are different. They, they may be similar in some respects, but they are very different. So just staying in contact with them and being available, really, uh, by phone, email, or text. And the bank does a pretty good job of staying responsive. A lot of times our lenders are doing business on weekends and things at nights. And um, we just we try and do the best we can to stay available. And I think leading up, kind of following up on that question, what does what does Farmers National Bank do to keep up with all the different ag customers that you work with? And how do you navigate this, you know, rather volatile industry, you know, with your customers? Um, kind of, you know, piggybacking on what Steve just said, uh, consistent contact. Um, everyone's different. You know, you know, we're not here to pester anybody. I mean, you know, everybody's busy. We're busy. But uh, I think knowing knowing a good time to call someone, and that could just be reflective of something just, you know, something's going on in a certain industry and we're maybe we're checking in on that. But uh, I guess in, in answering, you know, what do we do? Um, you know, there's a number of things. I mean, the bank provides us, you know, obviously a, a wealth of, of information and knowledge that, uh, at our disposal, um, you know, different articles, publications, you know, the internet obviously is a great tool. Um, then there's also learning opportunities, you know, that the bank allows us to, to seek out, uh, whether that's through our local universities, you know, particularly University of Illinois here, um, and then our, our, I guess, our, our banking coalitions, I don't know what you call them, you know, we have Illinois Bankers Association, the Community Community Bankers Association, they'll, they'll put on various learning opportunities where they'll bring in speakers or professors. Um, and then we try to get to those as much as we can, um, particularly now and going forward, COVID kind of put a halt to, the, to some of that. But, um, and then with the exception of myself, I mean, some of us actually farm and, you know, and that's, that's important. So obviously, you know, when they're, they're doing it, like Steve, for instance, they're in it. So, you know, they, they know what's going on. So that's, that's very important to a lot of our customers. What do you see is the future of, of both Farmers National Bank and of ag lending in general? Uh, I think the future of the bank would be to remain committed to agriculture. Uh, the saying around here is it's who we are and what we do. You may have heard that before. Mm -hmm. And in terms of ag banking, it's, it's, it's about navigating uh, the cycles of agriculture. So, um, you know, on the good years, how do you, how do you manage those profits uh, to, to remain liquid for bad years and things like that. But um, if you can navigate those ups and downs with your customers, uh, you're going to go a long way, especially in agriculture. Borrow borrowers appreciate that. And if you can kind of walk them through how to, how to handle their ups and downs, it, it goes a long way. The bank has a, a long reputation of being able to do that. Um, you know, sticking out, sticking it out with customers who may be having a down year, things like that has, has been a huge, uh, huge uh, reputation for the bank over the years. 
Yeah, I mean, our customers, they know Farmers National Bank knows ag. Um, I mean, it's 85% of what we do. I mean, that's 85% of our loans are ag related. Um, so obviously, if you know, as as the ag industry goes, so does Farmers National Bank. Um, but the uh, the most important thing is the bank's reputation within the area. You know, it's our job, you know, myself and Steve and others to, you know, we've been successful for the past 120 years. So it's our, our job to not only maintain that success, but try to grow it and grow it in the right way and maybe do it for the next 120 years. I'm not saying I'm going to be here for 120 years, but, but, but yeah, maybe I have to, I don't know. <laughs> well, I think we're yeah, going to Oh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I can add one more thing to that. And um, the history of the bank has, the bank has always made a strong commitment to succession planning. So everything is well thought out ahead of time. So if you have a borrower who may be somewhat attached to a certain lender, there's, there's a certain time frame typically where the bank likes to introduce new people uh, before just passing them off. So people can get comfortable with each other and their operations, and Brant mentioned it, we'll, we'll go out onto your farm site and introduce any new people that way and just try and stay in touch. But the bank has has done a good job of keeping the succession going. And we have a nice group of young lenders here um, that are kind of the next in line, and there'll be another line after that. And so the bank has always been proactive in making sure that the customers could be served and, um, if it has to be with somebody else, that there's there's a warm up time frame for those folks to get acclimated to each other. I really like what you just talked about the succession planning because that I think is is really important. This is an important part of people's lives, and it I think that helps differentiate you, and I think that shows the the the, the commitment that you have to your customers to even go that far and think think that through for them. You know, I think that's a great idea. We're coming up towards the end here, and what I'd like to do is turn it over to both to both of you to give me your final thoughts, um, anything you'd like to impart into the conversation, and then also how do we get in touch with you, and what's the best way of doing that? Uh, well, I guess I, you know, our any final thoughts I may have um, may just be rehashing what I've already touched upon, but I mean I know we we we're here we're talking about Farmers National Bank, but I think. So the, the the 120 years, you know, the you know, 80, whatever the success that we may have, you know, is is a is a reflection on our customers. Um, you know, there's different areas. I mean, it's not like the state of Illinois has great, you know, great farming ability, you know, above and beyond north, south, east, and west. But in this area where you know, in our locations where where we operate, we have good quality farming customers. And we have a good majority of those here at this bank. So that's just a pure reflection on them. So, you know, as they go, we go. And we, we really hope to partner with them going forwards. Yeah, I agree with Brant, Neil. And um, anyone looking to get a hold of us, I, I mentioned it earlier, our, our branches are in Geneseo, Illinois, Prophetstown, Illinois, and Morrison, Illinois. And we have a group of eight lenders uh, across those branches, and um, we can be reached in a number of ways. I mean, you can go online to our website, farmersnationalbank.bank, 
or you could call any of the branches, stop into any of the branches. And a lot of times you could you could send an email uh, or a text if you have a lender's phone number, uh, which which we can get to you if, if the request is there. And we also have, uh, again, a secure portal through our website to uh, coordinate uh, financial information and things. So. Excellent. 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 I, Steve. Brand, I want to thank you very much for enlightening us about what ag banking and, and ag lending is and for telling us a lot about Farmers National Bank. We're going to put the uh, the link to the website uh, in the show notes on the podcast so people can also go down there and be able to link directly, you know, to be able to get in touch with you. So, again, thank you guys very much for your insight and for your, you know, giving us a little bit more information about the area. And, uh, again, thank you for your time today. Thanks, Neil. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you liked our episode, we ask you to subscribe to our channel or share it with a friend. You may also contact us with your feedback at the email address listed in the show notes.